Hello, and welcome back to Pandemic Pass, a side pod run by me, your host, Casey Siddons. If you're wondering why Ed's Not Dead isn't popping up in your feed, do not worry. Me, Robbie, and Peter will be back. Uh, this is just a side project for us to dive into the ramifications of COVID on our education system, inside and out. Uh, this is part one of episode three, so if you missed episode one and two, don't fret. You can go back and uh, download the first two episodes. Uh, this is episode three called Parents and COVID. Uh, and again, welcome. I am your host, Casey Siddons. Since this pandemic forced school closures in March of 2020, there's really been a, a renewed call of appreciation for teachers that I, I think we haven't seen since the uh, Red for Ed movement of 2018. As we sit here almost a year later, the, I, I think the media has really unfortunately been painting a picture of negativity for teachers in a way that I don't think is really uh, on them or, or, or our responsibility. It's, it's really becoming quite clear that the, the consequences from the actions and, and even inactions from our leaders, both political leaders and educational leaders, have now come to the classroom doors of teachers. Yet another albatross, for lack of a better term, placed on the necks of our teachers. In spite of the media's portrayal, I, I happen to think that by and large, parents, guardians, caretakers, they're, they're sticking with us teachers. And that's why I brought on our next two guests and why this episode, A, is so important, and B, uh, why it's split into two parts. Across the country, we have, we've had a, ver- a wide array of experiences, as, as you've probably seen, happening at home. Uh, we have parents and families who are really struggling to make ends meet. They can't take days off. They can't work from home to monitor their school-aged kids. And, and if you just look at the D.C. metro, for example, where near where we live... Uh, DC Metro ridership data. Uh, local journalist Dan Reed, uh, you'll find him on Twitter at Just Up the Pike. He shared that uh, Metro Rail ridership, so the Metro uh, Underground Rail, is down 90% compared to before COVID, but the bus ridership is only down 55%. Which you know he he commented that it you know it says something about who still has to commute to work right now, and that's people who are of lower uh, income brackets, honestly. Um, for those with means who are lucky enough to be able to work from home, you know, they, as we know, they, they face their own set of challenges, including teachers themselves, having to work their job, teach from home, um, and basically help maybe even teach their own kids and monitor them on Zoom. Without the help of, of babysitters and, and grandparents due to social distancing, uh, parents continue to play a, really an integral role in how education is currently operating in, in ways that we've never experienced before, at least in the last hundred years, while also demonstrating how there's, there's such diametrically opposed sides in whether or not we return. And, and unfortunately, it's turned into a political event where um, if, you are, if you are pushing for schools to return um, and for kids to return and teachers to return, you are you know, of one political mind. And if you are uh, wanting to have teachers stay home and, and kids stay home, you are taking a different political side. And it, it really doesn't and didn't have to be that way. Um, some parents of means, as we, are, as, we, as we hit sit here, are able to pay for pod schools while others are finding it acceptable to shut off screens when they deem necessary and not when the traditional bell, quote-unquote, rings. Um, you see parent survey data showing 
which families want to send their kids back and which do not. By and large, the parents who are pining to send their kids back are both wealthy and white. The variables that parents, schools, and teachers face, I understand, are innumerable. Uh, And with this episode, we explore the ways in which we could or we should reevaluate our stakeholder connections and talk about really how we can leverage the relationships in our own communities to better our schools as institutions and and obviously, of course, the learning of our students. Um, This is part one of episode three with Leslie Boggs. Leslie is the president of the national chapter of the PTA, and she's actually the 56th president of National PTA, which is the nation's oldest and largest volunteer child advocacy association. She is really a dynamic person. She is a mother of three herself, a grandmother of four, and and I think you'll see in our interview, you'll hear in our interview that she is a dedicated advocate for children and their right to receiving a quality public education. Um, one other mention for Leslie is her her priorities that uh, you know are listed on the PTA website, but they're I, I think they're now more important than ever before. As as president, Boggs is a huge advocate for more funding for mental health access for students, and she's pushed for more funding for public schools and to strengthen family engagement overall for all children. Two things, obviously, that our schools desperately need right now and in the very near future to recover from this pandemic. So uh, without further ado and and enough of my gabbing, uh, let's hear my chat with Leslie Boggs and we'll see you on the other side. We are so excited. I am so excited to welcome uh, Miss Le- Leslie Boggs, who is the president of the National Organization of uh, PTA across the country. Leslie, thank you so much for joining us on Pandemic Pass. I'm so glad to have you tonight. Well, thank you. And I appreciate you having us here. Um, it's really a critical time, I think, for all of our students and education in general. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Uh, th- this, um, you know, in, in, as much as this is a strange and and challenging time for us, I think this is providing us some time to really rethink uh, our relationships and our, our stakeholder relationships between parents and students and, and schools. So uh, your, your organization and your voice is super important in this conversation. And as you know, um, th- this podcast is all about how we, how we move forward stronger, we come back better. Um, as the head of the National Parent Teachers Association, what's your take on how we, as a system, public education system, build back better? Well, I think this particular crisis across our nation has certainly given us the opportunity to understand that now is more important than ever um, for us to make sure that every child is given a great opportunity to reach their fullest potential, regardless of their zip code, when we get back in school. And so return to school is really probably the next step in moving forward. And how we do that is really important for our students, their families, teachers and educators as well. Um, so these are critical times for everyone to have those great opportunities sure. to talk through this process. Um, so what, what do you think individual schools and school districts do to better support the PTA goals during this pandemic? What do they need to do better overall? 
Well, I think they need to, to, to do better about engaging parents in those critical conversations and listening and parents in turn listening to educators and teachers about their concerns. Right. Because I think everyone has been extremely stressed during this time. Parents yeah. um, certainly are learning how to be a teacher and that's not what <laughs> they're for. And then yeah. teachers are also learning that they're wanted even more, which makes them more... Um, I think stress by the end of the day. And so parents need to understand that it's stressful on both ends and how we come together to better support their students and their children um, by having these open-ended conversation. What are the goals for the school? What can we help to do them? And it's not necessarily about the fundraising anymore. It's about how do we advocate for our children to get the best public education funding available for um, our schools. And it's, it's critical for everyone to understand their voice and to be a part of our association so they can really lend us their voice to advocate on the federal level, at state level, and even within their school boards. They've got to, to know that their voice is important and their membership with our schools um, and PTAs is very important. Yeah, that's very well said. I think, uh, and one, one of the, actually, if we can look at silver linings every now and then, um, you know, uh, in my own schools, uh, PTSA, the, having our PTSA meetings in Zoom has actually increased our, our meeting enrollment in some, some cases just because people are, you know, more able to access their computer than they would if, they, if they're coming home from work late at night, coming to a seven o'clock meeting. And I think that's what we found um, with our PTAs that are meeting in this virtual reality. They're all of a sudden seeing more engagement and yeah. parents are able to do things because we're multitaskers. And so we can go and be and watch our children when they're at their sports activity, but yet be a part of a meeting for the PTAs and for the schools to where they can actually voice their concerns and have a voice in how the outcomes are. Sure, sure. So whenever we return to in-person learning, whether it's, you know, in terms of uh, most systems countrywide, what are your priorities as the president of, of the PTSA and the, and the national chapter of the PTSA for continuing to strengthen the PTA school alliance? Well, I think our top priority is certainly getting the message out about who we are as an association, that we are an advocate for our students and children, mm-hmm. and our teachers, that we're here and we need them to join us um, yeah. and be a part of our membership. We've launched a new membership campaign and it's about, PTA is no longer a noun, it's a verb. It's about how you do it. So it's it's different for every parent or every educator. How you want to PTA, we certainly understand your time sometimes can be limited. So volunteering may not be what you want to do, but you may want to be that critical voice during a school board meeting or on the state level. So there's different layers available for parents to be involved 15 minutes a day or an hour a week, or some that want longer periods of times. So we certainly love the engagement that they can give and the support they can give to teachers and administration to help yeah. succeed. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the first step is just joining, you know, join your PTSA. And I'm saying PTSA in, in our county, they have the parent teacher student association, but, but they uh, absolutely, I mean, it, it, joining is the first step, but there, there's no shortage of things that you can do for for schools to help support students and parents and families during this time. Um, so uh, you recently tweeted an article from the New York Times about how to forge uh, a solid parent-teacher relationship. We know these are obviously strained times with virtual learning. How has the pandemic impacted your work with the PTA 
And what would you like all stakeholders to know about the impact you all have on schools and communities? Well, I think everyone, um, I hope everyone understands that PTA is here advocating every day to strengthen um, the educational foundation for our children because our children are the foundation for our nation. I mean, we invest dollars now in this education or we pay for it later. And so we really need to make sure that everyone understands how important it is that we are out there fighting for family engagement, for more public education funding, um, that those critical conversations that they have and they see that their schools need, we make sure that those are heard by everyone within the educational and and congressional and legislative communities. And so we've got a far reaching arm, um, but we also can narrow it down, like I said before, within your own community. And I think the other thing I'd really like everyone to think about is PTA is not just about parents that have children in schools. This is about community impact. So we need everyone at the table, business leaders, community leaders, your neighbor, your grandparents, all of those need to be a part of us. So we can now, because everyone understands how important it is to get the right funding, because we've seen schools struggle with the digital divide, with with all everything that's happening with our students. Right. If we had funded appropriately, my hope would have been that we would not have been struggling as much as we have been during this pandemic. And I think that's what's really important. We've had great conversations um, with community leaders with educational leaders, with legislators, with everyone that wants to have a conversation about why students need the essentials to be really successful. Right. Um, We really try to get that information out to everyone. And we provide lots of resources. Um, We have lots of schools that struggle in the virtual world, right? How do we get everyone to meet together? How do we do that? So we've actually had a virtual meetings portal on our website, PTA.org. So PTAs that want to see how to do it and do it right, then we have the resource there. We also have resources for parents during the COVID-19. What is it? What resources are there that are available for them? What critical needs are they needing to address? And we sure. help them find those resources. And uh, it's, it's I, I, that's so well said. I think, um, you know, we've talked on Ed's Not Dead uh, so, you know, multiple times as, as new crises emerge and not just the pandemic, but you know, it seems over the years, and I'm sure you're keenly aware of this as well, like the more there's more responsibility and more onus placed on the backs of teachers, administrators, and parents. And I think this this particular crisis is, is really helping communities focus and realize how much the school, the local public school impacts the community at large, don't you think? Oh, definitely. And and the thing that I'm probably most proud of within all of our PTAs across the nation is they are are looking at the needs of the community. Um, sure. We've got schools that have food drives and, and that have been very successful in helping families get the food um, that they need to support their families during this time, because we know not everyone has a job yeah. and, and you hear the numbers and it's frightening. And then there are families, you know, I was talking to an individual today the statistics um, for COVID-19, over 300,000 people in this nation have passed. Yeah. And probably as you look at that number, that number impacts probably double the amount of people that you see yep. and probably more. Um, so they're dealing with loss and grief. And so we're here to help them find the resources and hopefully give them a better opportunity um, 
to come through this particular crisis. That's great. Well, I, I appreciate you, your work and uh, the work of the PTA across the, across the nation. We, we treasure the work of our, our parents, caretakers, guardians. So uh, kudos to you and your organization for continuing to push the supports and the, and the great uh, uh, focus that you've been placing on schools and, and helping parents and communities out. Um, so I, I, I can't but not end with this. Uh, you know, we had a note that uh, you all have a podcast too. It's called Notes from the Backpack. We do. Um, can you, t- like, I'm, I'm, I just started, I, I just learned about this. So you're wrapping up your third season. Tell us about Notes from the Backpack. Well, um, we're now in season three. And so the podcast was launched this fall and they tackle really critical questions like how do I choose online resources that actually support my kids during this school closure? Um, How can I help my children learn that have learning differences and difficulties? Um, How can we help them thrive? And so we've had those conversations. And how do I talk with my kids about current events and hot topics like racial justice? And the election overall, yeah. that's a huge thing for parents to have to really work through with their children yeah. that watch TV and um, become very concerned about where our nation is going and the values that they're seeing on TV. It sounds but, like it's like real tangible stuff that parents can and, and parents and caretakers can really use in their in their day to day work with their kids. They can. And um, there's also, the podcast in previous seasons also talk about the mental and social emotional health of children. So wow. there's lots available there. Um, our family, we lost our grandson um, at 12 in February. So the podcast I sent to my daughter to try to help her understand and how to work through that emotional difficulty um, because oh, it's, hard. it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's uh, it, you know, and, and like you said, like, if, if you don't know a student that's going through a, a tough time or, or even going through grief themselves, they know someone or um, I can I can personally attest my I've had three or four students just in in this in the past couple months who've missed school because they or someone in their family has been impacted by COVID. And, um, you know, they're extremely po- apologetic. And I have to remind them, it's like, uh, it's fine take care of your family, take care of yourself. And it's easy to forget that we are living through this really challenging time. And, and that, I, that is very, very true. You know, we just partnered with NEA to do a survey um, with our students and how they're being impacted. And the students are really very much aware during this crisis about the health of their family. Yeah. And it really impacts them about their safety, not ne- necessarily their own, but they know what they need to do. So they get really upset when others are not following the right thing because they're worried about their families. Right. Yeah. Well, Leslie, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast, even though this is, you know, we're talking about some pretty, we can get into some pretty dour topics. I think uh, the work that the PTA, PTA does across the country is super essential, which is why I had you on on our on this episode of Pandemic Pass. And um, keep doing the great work that you're doing. I, I, uh, this is a message to all teachers, parents, and community members. Become a member of your PTA. It's, it's incredibly important. The work they do is important. And uh, the work that we're going to do moving forward is, is even more critical. So thank you so much for joining us on Pandemic Pass tonight. I appreciate you.
hope you enjoyed that interview with uh, Leslie Boggs, the president of the National Chapter of the PTA, the Parent Teacher Association. Um, that was only part one of this episode, episode three of the Pandemic Pass. So please check your podcast feed for part two, where I sit down with Dr. Umut Uzek. And uh, I think you'll have a great time listening, or at least you'll enjoy the conversation that Dr. Ozek and I have. He is really a, a great person, and um, I hope you tune in and enjoy, and make sure to check out subsequent pods coming out every Thursday morning for the Pandemic Paths. Thank you for joining us on Pandemic Pass. Pandemic Pass is a pulp education production and was written and directed by me, Casey Siddons. Music was written and performed by Peter Craven. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps others find us.